You're listening to DraftKings Network. Another big week in football, week nine college football, week eight NFL. Brendan Glasheen and Julian Edlow, we are joining you for Unreasonable Odds presented by DraftKings. Johnny Avello drops by for Odds R. Julian breaks it down with Johnny to understand what the book might need this week and what the people are betting in the football world. We have Ben Raza, director of betting at Stochastic and Odd Shopper joining us as well. He's got some hold-your-nose college football sides and plays for this week, but we like having Ben on the show. Looking forward to that. And we'll wrap it with best bets in college football and in the NFL coming up on Unreasonable Odds, presented by DraftKings. Okay, another week, Unreasonable Odds, presented by DraftKings, Glash and Julian Edlow with you. Thanks for stopping by and subscribing to the podcast and enjoying the podcast week by week. All right, Jules, let's start with recapping best bets. You're doing really well. You're the man. Thanks for carrying the load these days. Yep, no problem. That's why I'm here. You can't, you can't expand? I mean, it, it help people understand why they should be tailing what you give out, at least in college, not the NFL? Even though you get your NFL pick right. It's working, but the, the NFL best bet did hit last week. Although I will say I, I had equal confidence come Sunday once I could tease the Bills and 49ers, and they both mm. lost. <laughs> so that one didn't work out. But I, I really liked the spot for the Eagles on Sunday night. Um, got that one. NFL is going to slow for me significantly because – I'm not doing great in it overall. It's you say just, that now. It's difficult to bet. I'm positive. I'm I'm confident in this. Uh, yeah. College football is going well, and we're going down the home stretch, getting into a fun time of the year with that. And and basketball just tipped off. So I, I'm going to be spending a lot of time on NBA. Obviously, not as much on this podcast. Although I will give out a little unreasonable odds special uh, later for the NBA. Um. But yeah, and then college basketball is around the corner. So NFL is going to have to take a back seat. When we have spots like the Eagles, I'll I'll use them in a in a best bet. I have a couple of smaller NFL spots I'll give out this week, but best bets are probably going to stick in in college for me, um, which was my other winner. I I, I played the under forty seven and a half in Ohio State and Penn State. I was kind of debating whether I still wanted to use it as a best bet because it went down to forty five and a half when we recorded, and I yep. said I, I I think I still like it to forty four, and it landed on what thirty two. So. That that was just the right side. Um, those teams were were led by their defenses, um, and it worked out. And I'll use that to tease a similar spot this week where we have a total I bet early. It's been going down, and I'm going to use it as a best bet because I just believe in it. Yeah, more on that uh, with Avello and Jules sits down with him in just a few moments. This college football card for for week nine, and we'll get into this with Ben Raza, director of betting at Stochastic and Odd Shopper. He'll stop by, do a little college and a little NFL. It's intriguing because a lot of really good teams with good quarterbacks. We've heard so much about the quarterback play, especially in the Pac-12, but quarterbacks around the around the sport. Drake May lost. Michael Penix didn't look good. Um, yeah, like this is. Uh, I mean, even like. Like Riley Leonard got hurt, but even like Jordan Travis and Florida State, I still have some questions about them, even though they're undefeated and they found a way to cover uh, the two plus touchdown line. Where are you, so like you said, you're having a pretty good year in college football. Is this a, you're at a point now where you're just you're circling less spots, even though there's some really intriguing games still on the board. It's not a loaded card like last week, but 
is is this typical for you when you get to this point in the year, week nine or nine weeks in? You're circling less spots because you just want to pick and choose a little bit more carefully. Not necessarily. It just okay. it just comes down to how much there is that I that I like, whatever the schedule gives us. Um, and you know, the last couple of weeks there's been there's been a good amount of spots. Uh, I've I've been happy with it. This week, not as many. Um, a couple that I'm pretty strong on. Another one that we'll see. But like. Last week, I think I bet six short home favorites, five or That's six right. short That's home fair. favorites. Mm-hmm. And this week, I'm on. I'm going to be on a, an under and two home dogs. So, like, it, it's just a week week to week thing. I hope there's a week around. The, like, I, I'm I, I want to be aggressive down the stretch. So, I hope there's a week soon where there's five or six plays that I that I like. Okay. And in the NFL, the big story, uh, Brock Purdy is in concussion protocol. So we get Sam Darnold in a pretty highly anticipated game between the Niners and the Bengals. I know we'll discuss that game later on, but anything in the NFL? I know you mentioned that you haven't had uh, all that much success. The public had a bad week last week in the NFL. Oh, the public got slammed. And I'll, I'll ask Johnny about that. But um I'll have a couple of small NFL plays this week, probably not as a best bet. Uh, it's yeah, it's a, it's a tough, tough time of the year right now, I would say in NFL. And as it pertains to Purdy, I I would almost rather back the Niners at a shorter number with Darnold, generally speaking, because I think he'll, I think we've seen Darnold turn into, you know, what he is the last couple. Or, sorry, we've seen Purdy turn into what he is the last couple weeks. Yeah. And that you can plug Darnold in and get a similar result. But I kind of like the direction the Bengals are trending in right now, so I don't want to fade the Bengals. So it's a pass for me. If it was if it was a better spot for the Niners um, or a better opponent, I, I would consider it. But I'm I'm gonna leave it alone this week. Yeah, Bengals off a bye. Plus, you got Debo yeah. on the other side out for this game. I know McCaffrey played against Minnesota, but he was held in check. I mean, there's something going on there. So it's about if you're San Francisco, of course, you want to win the West. Seattle winning again doesn't help, and they've got Cleveland this week. Um, but how do they want to manage their stars? Uh, not to mention the seventh round or the undrafted, yeah, the seventh round quarterback getting hurt uh, in Brock it's Purdy. And the House. situation San Francisco's in managing mm-hmm. the injuries and you know seeing how deep <laughs> they can get. The irony is, is right around this time last year is when they traded for McCaffrey. So they almost got McCaffrey as he was like a, on a springboard. Then he had some injuries again later in the year in the teen weeks. Yep. But now it's like backwards. They came out of the gate really strong with him. And they've got this push and pull now of how they want to go with uh, with that. So we'll dive into that game with Ben Raza. But first, here is Odds Are Jules sits down with director of DraftKings Sportsbook, Johnny Avella. All right, you hear the music, you know what it means. It's time for Odds Are with Mr. Johnny Avello, the director of DraftKings Sportsbook. Johnny, how are we this week? Good, Jules. You know what? I don't hear the music, but I guess you do, huh? I don't hear it either as we record, but <laughs> the people listening to this will hear the music when we start. So I say it every week. I'm not going to stop now. Um, and I also ask you this every week, or every week now, the last two weeks, we're finally starting to see some of these big upsets in the NFL. Last week, it was the Bills over the Patriots. We keep talking about it. The Patriots keep taking sharp money. They were wrong. They were wrong. They were wrong. Eventually, they're going to be right. They were right this week against the Bills. Um, and then 
The Niners, they win 15 regular season games in a row. Now they're on a two-game regular season losing streak. They dropped Monday Night Football uh, in Minnesota. How were the results from those games for the book? Did they break up the parlays and teasers? What what were some of the other uh, best NFL results, if not those two? Well, both of those were very good revenue producers, with the 49ers being the better of the two. Um, in at an abundance of cash on the Dolphins at the Eagles, on mostly on the money line. So that was a really good game, along with being that was the best handle of the of the week entire weekend. Um, Lions were bet quite heavily, so them losing at the Ravens worked out for us. That was another game that they piled on the money line. And then the Steelers winning at the Rams, that was also very good for the house. Tried to tell people that was that was an Eagles spot. That was a fade Miami spot. I used that as a best bet at the end of the show last week. Um, public. Well, the public make some money on? They didn't lose all their money on these games. There were there weren't many that I, I could tell you about, but they did cash on the Colts getting three and a half at home versus the Browns, and they did okay on Atlanta at Tampa Bay. Yikes! Short list. Yes, very short. All right. Uh, if you were watching NFL games on Sunday, you probably got sick of hearing that it was National Tight Ends Day, like I did. Uh, I don't know why this is a thing, but it is, and we offered a ton of props for it. Uh, as well as all the regular tight end props. And in watching the games, these guys were racking up yards, scoring touchdowns. Mark Andrews, yards, two touchdowns. Kelsey, a lot of yards, two touchdowns. Um, Kittle, like I got, tight ends were doing well. How, how was the handle on those, and were there any big payouts on the tight end props this past week? Boy, did they ever play it. Uh, Mark Andrews was, you mentioned, big casher, especially in the same-game parlay category. Uh, Dallas Goddard for the Eagles. Uh, was also a play, but the one that did sting us the most was Travis Kelsey, who appeared. Yeah. He, he just appears to love playing in front of his squeeze there, Miss Miss Swift. Uh, but anyway, he converted 12 of 13 targets. He's around 180 yards or so. He had a TD. That's one we just paid out a bunch on. All right. Well, there we go. People got their money back on National Tight End Day. Uh, week eight, another – Tough looking board, not gonna lie. Just like last week, uh, what are what are betters targeting early? I, I keep hearing it's a good teaser week to get some teams up. You can get also Chiefs, Ravens, uh, teams like that down. I don't necessarily see it, but you tell me what what are betters targeting early? How's the teaser market going? Well, for sides only, they're liking the Jags at the Steelers. Game's up to two and a half from one and a half. It looks like that one's going to reach three. That looks like it's in the future, that that contest. Uh, Cowboys at home taking money up to six from five and a half, and that appears to be going higher. So that's one of those that will be included in those teasers. I see some early action there. Uh, the Pats are seeing some attention as the betters feel they may be back on track. Game open 11.5 at Miami. That's down down to 9.5. Falcons have swung to the favorite at 2.5 at the Titans after opening up a one-point dog. The mighty Vikings have gathered some public faith in a matchup in in the NFC North. Uh, They opened 1.5-point dog, and now they're the favorite. Uh, And a second team taking money in that teaser category uh, that – Baltimore at Arizona. Ravens opened up seven and a half. Now eight. 
you can tease that thing down and they're doing it down to one or so. All right. We're on to college. Uh, it looks like it is over for uh, for USC. Utah upsets them. Another big win for the Utes. Ohio State wins and covers against Penn State in a game that stays well under. What were some of the uh, better results last week for the book, some of the better results for the public in terms of the college football card? Well, we did pretty well on both of those marquee games that you just mentioned. Uh, we also did well on o the Oklahoma scare against UCF. Uh, the betters cast many tickets on Alabama's win over Tennessee and then Michigan's manhandling of uh, Michigan State and on LSU doing a number on uh, Army. Those are three big games for the betters. Watch out for that Alabama team there. Slowly looking more and more like Alabama. Um Yes, they are. LSU game coming up next week uh, for Bama. So that's a big one in the SEC. But this week, what are betters getting after so far on the college football card? And tell me why one of those bets is Oregon and um, Utah under, which opened up at 51 and a half and I played. I think 51 and a half, something like that. I can't tell you why it's under, but, you know, it, the early money is. It won't end up that way by the time kickoff comes around. What do you but where do you think that one goes? I think it ticks up. I think it ticks up another point, point and a half by kickoff. That's what I think. All right. Um, well, on the, on the side so far, they like BC at home against UConn. That game's up to two. Uh, yeah, I think that game is up to two. Uh, let me check that quickly here. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, game up to two points from uh, BC, uh, being a tw uh, 12 and a half up to 14 and a half. Uh, and then the Penn State, uh, that game is also running a little bit. They're up to 29, uh, for, open up 29 and a half, up to 32 at home playing Indiana. How about the undefeated Air Force getting a huge yep. push this week at Colorado State? Uh, game's up to 13 and a half from nine. Uh, and then in a battle of six and one teams in the Pac-12, Oregon opened three at Utah. It's been bet up to six and a half. They, they love this Oregon team each and every week. Um, and then in the world's largest cocktail game, whatever that thing is called, <laughs> party game, Florida, who had a bye, got a little healthier with their center return to seeing a little action. That opened uh, 15 and a half. That's now down to 14 and a half. All right. Uh, let me know what you're seeing in the futures market right now as we kind of get to the home stretch of the college football season. Uh, in terms of conference odds, college football playoff odds, uh, what do you see in shape up here? Because we're we're starting to see some major market movers. I really liked the spot for an undefeated UNC team to maybe get undefeated into the ACC title game against the Florida State. What do they do? Maybe one of the most surprising losses of the year at home to Virginia, 24-point favorites. Um, Alabama, like I mentioned, after that loss in, in South Florida, they were just off the radar completely. Now they're winning week after week, trying to set themselves up for a, a shot at Georgia in the title game as a one-loss team to make it to the college football playoff. How, how's the future market shaping up uh, in your eyes? Well, you speak of Bama now, and you spoke of Bama last week. They're now only 2-1 to one behind Georgia for the conference championship. Yeah, yeah so you could have got a much That's better gonna be. If assuming, let's say we get 
twelve and zero Georgia and eleven and one Alabama. That's going to be roughly around what the money line in the game is, right? Yes, roughly. Yeah. So we're kind of seeing what that matchup is going to be. It's being it's being presented to us. It may be. You know, it depends on what happens by then. Who's you know who's playing for Georgia if, if they're at full strength or not? Uh, you know what Alabama does in the next couple of games or so. We'll see. Could be less. Um, and some other future action. Ohio State received some play this week with the uh, big win and you know Big Ten, and uh, now they're down to plus one sixty five, just behind the Wolverines. Uh, and to win it all, Washington Huskies getting a little love. They're now down to twelve to one. They, you could have got them in around thirty five forty range uh at one point we've been talking heisman each week big shift as you know we see the big win over oregon for washington michael Penix, you got to lay juice on him to win the heisman and you said to me last week there's a lot of football left like we'll see where these spots are and what happens washington doesn't score an offensive touchdown in a home win that they scrape by arizona state and the market completely completely shifts mccarthy becomes the favorite i don't think he's done all that much, but it's hard to know who's a favorite. I would say maybe it's a good time to get back in on um, on Penix because they didn't lose, and if he can put up some big numbers moving forward, maybe we kind of forget about that. But who's been getting bet since that card on Saturday when it comes to winning the Heisman? Because it took it, it was quite a curveball this past week, Johnny. Yeah, well, J.J. McCarthy, he, well, he had a flawless game. He threw four TD passes and no picks. Uh, his odds are now two four plus two forty. So he he did get a little bit of play. Jalen Daniels threw three TDs. He ran for another as he's opening the better's eyes and he drops down to plus three forty. And I tell you another guy on the outside that's seen a little bit of action at a nice little price. Marvin Harrison Jr. seen a little action at eighteen to one. All right, we're gonna keep. Moving around sports, NBA underway. How's the handle been the first few nights in NBA? How was the handle on Wembenyama props on his debut on Wednesday night? Foul trouble cost him, but a late push at the end got him got him close to everything. And I also know, I thought turnovers was a popular prop for him. It was one and a half. It got juiced up. He turned it over five times. So something there did, uh, did cash for him, as well as the three-pointers made at plus money. He hit too early that cash for him. So some of the Wemby uh, overs did hit despite the uh, lack of minutes in the foul trouble. They did handle. Well, first of all, handle has been outstanding in the NBA and yes, they love him already. Uh, mm-hmm. You know that the Mavs Spurs was the biggest bet game of the night along with the Wemby prop. So uh, a little shaky start, uh, but he'll, he'll fit in just nicely. You know, next game uh, they'll probably come back and play him again strongly, just like they did here. And I, He'll probably get there on most of them. Uh, so we're going to close with World Series. Um, kind of an underwhelming World Series for baseball casuals, but, I mean, wow, road teams winning game sixes and sevens in both series, particularly being able to go to Philly and beat that team in their building uh, twice in a row. Impressive stuff for the Texas Rangers and the Arizona Diamondbacks. Um a lot going on during this World Series, uh, obviously, as there is every year, but it's in the heart of football season. We got basketball tipping off. What are uh, what are betters? What do you expect for a handle on the World Series, first of all, because of that situation? And, and what are betters backing uh, early? Because I don't have much of a take on, on this World Series. I'm pretty shocked 
with what we the matchup that we have. Man, it was a really strange, uh, you know, championship series on both sides. You know, you you think uh, a team is in good shape after the first two games, uh, and it didn't turn out well for one. It did for the other, even though they lost three straight. On one team, teams can't win at home. I mean, just it's just uncharacteristic of what you would normally see in baseball. But uh, this matchup, it wasn't what any of us were expecting. It feels like it might be a, a little bit lighter betting series, but it is the World Series, and no teams are bigger than the event itself. So I'm expecting uh, I'm expecting a pretty huge handle from the state of Arizona. Mm-hmm. Um, the state of Texas will probably make all their wagers with bookies or offshore houses, but make, make no mistake here. They will be betting. So um, it, it'll be okay. I mean, you know, being in the way we are across 24 states, it helps to have that variety. So, uh, you know, we're going to, some people are going to love the world series. Uh, if in Las Vegas, I would say the handle will be way down from what it would have normally been. I assume um, I assume the house did pretty well with, you know, all the teams that people were betting to make or, or win the World Series getting knocked out. Um, but just spitballing here, were, were there any major tickets on, on uh, Arizona to get there or Texas to get there? Or anybody, I've seen some floating around on Twitter, the Arizona versus Texas World Series. Were there any of those on DraftKings? We're actually in such good shape. Uh you know, the, the hazards for us, Houston was a big hazard. So yeah. knocking them out puts us in really good shape. Sure, there's some tickets out there, uh, you know, some pretty good cashers, but uh, nothing that's going to hurt the house at this point. All right, we covered it all. That's Odds Are with Johnny Avello. We will do it again next week. Thank you for the time, Johnny. You're welcome. Have a good week. All right, we'll be right back here on Unreasonable Odds. We're going to talk some football. Glasheen's back in the mix, and we're going to welcome in Ben Rasa. Let's welcome in our next guest to Unreasonable Odds, Ben Raza, director of betting at Stochastic and Odd Shopper. He's also a DFS player. We've had him on plenty of shows. Jules, I know you've had him on Unreasonable Odds before, and he's joined us for plenty of content over at DraftKings. Ben What's up? Thanks for stopping by. Yeah, man. It's been a little while. Happy to happy to hop in. Great time of the year to be doing it. So, uh, yeah, all things good here. I'm excited to talk a little, little sports here. So we preface this in our show open that you might have some hold your nose games oh. or at least games that are just off the board that no one's fully paying attention to. Not, not power five. We're talking college football first with Ben Raza. So what direction would you like to head in as far as use this as a, as a jumping off point when you're, we're getting, we're getting the, the dumpster fires, the dumpster out diving out of the way early. Yeah. That's maybe a better way of putting it. Dumpster diving, not Well, it, it's kind of is hold your nose. Cause, but, but if you feel strongly about it, then maybe it's not hold your nose. Anyway, just give us generally speaking, we're eight weeks in into week nine. Where, like, where do you try to keep level headed at this point in the college football season? When you're looking at sides, totals, the whole bit. Yeah, I mean, that that's really the thing because teams, I think this is where it gets very unique because teams are not the same as, you know, you, you have a team in week zero and week one and they might be awful, but maybe they were constructed to get better throughout the year, specifically with these made up schools that I'm about to talk about. <laughs> uh, some of them, I think at the beginning of the year, 
I'll dive into it if you want me to. I, I have one play in the real ben, ben, Goblin ben, do, ben, do us a quick favor. Move your mouth closer to the mic because we can't hear you all that well. Okay, let's see. There you go. You sound crystal clear now. Thank you. Oh, all right. I will. Well, I just want to make you... sure when you start making up school names that we hear them loud and clear so we can yeah, go find them. That's what I would do. If I was going to make up a bunch of fake schools, I would kind of like muffle it a little bit. Yeah, I might have to muffle. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to the directional rivalry here. We got Western Michigan and Eastern Michigan playing. And to me, these schools, I know it seems on paper they're both equally awful. I don't see it that way. Western Michigan's taking a little money. It's up to three, and I still really like it there. So I'm just going to run through real quick. Western Michigan, obviously, is a bad team. They've been playing, you know, they went to Mississippi State. They lost by 13 points. They just lost to Miami of Ohio. Then they lost to Ohio by three points. They have changed quarterbacks multiple times, and now it looks like they've settled uh, on Hayden Wolf, who I actually think is probably <laughs> the like guy. a made-up name, too. He's <laughs> quite made up, but this is what I'm talking about. They should have been going with this guy at the beginning of the year, and they weren't. And I think they're actually at the basically the peak of their powers. I'm not sure how good those powers are, but I actually <laughs> like them. They're taking on Eastern Michigan. Eastern Michigan, I honestly think, is the worst offense in the country. They beat UMass by two points. They were outgained by Howard to start the year. Their quarterback, Austin Smith, this guy, no offense, I hope he watches the show. He's got six touchdowns and five picks on the year. He has 17 turnover-worthy throws. He is living quite well out there. I think regression is coming for them. Their offense has nothing going on. I don't like this team whatsoever. I think Western Michigan is way better than the squad, and it's only three points. I like that quite a bit. Maybe my favorite college football bet of the entire slate. Holy crap. They allowed 398 yards to Howard. You ain't kidding. You see what I'm talking about? That can't be good. Okay. All right. You sold it pretty well. They have no offense. Would you say like, Austin they, Smith? Now, that's like a real name, but that even that name sounds made up. That sounds like just a, if you were a lecturer in a classroom and you'd said, okay, here's Austin <laughs> Smith. I mean, that sounds made up too, but um, okay. Anything else that's dumpster diving that you'd want to get to? I mean, I, I look at that. I, I do want to give a quick shout out just perpetually to Texas State. Uh, they're, in a, they're in a real battle this week. Um, you know, Troy's a good, good team. I do think that offense, though, I mean, I, I know I've been yelling from the mountains to start the year that they play a crazy style. The Incarnate Word coaching staff came over and worked wonders for them. Uh, I'm a big fan of this school. I don't know if they can get it done against a team of, of caliber of Troy because Troy is one of the best made-up schools, I think, out there. But I think that Texas State, if it touches a touchdown, right now it's hovering uh, around six, five and a half. I have to I have to always give respect to Texas State. What an awesome school. One of the best sweats you can have. All right, that's fair. Come on now. You gotta love Texas I State. I know you've been watching their I mean, Jules, are we gonna say what what else are we gonna say? Are we gonna tell him it's not fair? I mean, I'm No, I, I that's the thing. When he brings me some of these games, I, I can't always have a comeback because I don't know. But what I will say as somebody that's listened to a lot of people talk about a lot of bets and myself talk about a lot of bets over uh, the years in this space. Mm -hmm. the, West, the Western Michigan one sold me. I'm going to bet it. <laughs> I'm aboard, man. It's, I'll, uh, I'll be aboard. If, if it doesn't work, you now know why. Yeah, well. So, no. so when Oklahoma plays Kansas at noon, you're going to turn that off, fire up ESPN Plus, and you're going to consume Western and Eastern Michigan. That's, that's where you're at. Enough. 
to get that. Sometimes you have to go to the, the deep web for these type of games. Like they oh, don't even carry. Oh, okay. uh, yeah, I do want to see that. I mean, Kansas, Oklahoma is going to be a good game. No doubt about it. Mm-hmm. Well, on that note, do you have any top 25, like, you know, non dumpster dive games that you are eyeing as far as a line? Yeah, I definitely want to hear your guys' thoughts on. So this Utah team has been a very interesting team all yeah. year. Uh, you know, rising, it seems like is, I've heard the red shirt thrown around. I, I don't think he's coming back. Doesn't uh, seem like it. It really doesn't. And maybe I'd have a blind spot because, listen, they're winning games. I think this is objectively a terrible matchup for Utah. I think that Oregon can do some things that they really haven't seen. Oregon has a competent defense, unlike USC. Bucky Irving avoided serious inj- inj- injury. Bo Nix is Bo Nix. He's been awesome taking care of the ball. I know it's not in Eugene. However, you're on a touchdown, though. I think Oregon, with no margin for error now, I think they're going to go in there and really handle them. I like Oregon in this game. I'm a little worried because Utah keeps answering the challenge. But to me, this is a bad spot for Utah. I think stylistically, I I lean with the Ducks this week. So I I ultimately don't think I'm going to bet a side in this game. I'm very intrigued by this game. I'm very intrigued by the Pac-12. The Pac-12 is awesome. They're probably going to eventually cannibalize themselves to the point that we're like, is a team going to get in, Um, which is going to be an interesting storyline. If Utah didn't go to USC and have that win last week and they were getting seven, I think it's six and a half as we record. When it was at seven, I was hoping to maybe get seven and a half and I would potentially back Utah. A a normal week, I would bet Utah at, at seven. This week, I can't because of the spot coming off the USC win. And because like Ben laid out, like no margin fair for, for Oregon, they got to go in and get this done. Um, uh, But Utah like is really good at home and really good as a dog. So you, you snowball all that up and the side is, is a pass for me, uh, but I'm very curious as to who will win this game. The bet that I made on this game early, I, I bet the under 51 and a half opener. As we record, we're at 47 and a half. But if you were listening earlier when I spoke to Johnny Avello, director of DraftKings Sportsbook, he said he expects this to bounce back up a little before close. So if you didn't get it at the good number now, wait. It could go up a point or two. And I- I'll use the under uh, in-, in this game as-, as a strong bet, whatever the closing number is for me. The Pac-12 games go go over a lot. We just saw Utah go over last week. I didn't think they could necessarily score the way they scored. As I've been saying all year, USC's defense is bad. They were bad, bad on on Saturday. But these two teams, I think, are the two in the Pac-12 that are maybe led by their their defenses. They believe in their strong defenses, and I think we see that play out here, especially with Utah being being at home. So I like this one to be a grind. It's going to be a really good game. Last year, when they played each other in November, Rising was the quarterback, and they got held to 17 points. So they've downgraded the quarterback because we know how great Rising is. And I will say this about Utah. They play, Ben, they play low scoring games at home. Or they, pardon me, they play, their defense takes a step up at home. 14 to Cal, 7 to UCLA. And I think that, se- that 7 was, well, one of their touchdowns, one of Utah's touchdowns was yeah, a pick they, 6. Right. They won 14 to 7 with a pick 6. Florida, 11 to open the season, week 0. 7 to um, Weber State. Like, oh, yes. I don't, uh, 
I don't disagree with Julian here. I think aside, if you play, if Oregon covers the six and a half, the question is, do they, is it one of those games like Jules said, is it just get in, get out, handle your stuff. And to Jules's point about the playoff, Oregon's the top team on the odds board for making the college football playoff at plus 500. And, and then Washington plus 115, pardon me. So Oregon's second. I think it's the type of game where Oregon will be content to play at Utah's pace and style. I don't think they're going to be, we need to speed this up. I I thought we saw, and listen, when you go into Corvallis for Oregon State, it's a totally different animal. But I thought we saw a blueprint for how to beat Utah, and Oregon State had that. Uh, Now, again, it was not, uh, you know, that was on the road for Utah, and I thought they were handled. It was 21-7, but I didn't even think it was that close, to be honest. I think Oregon can replicate that a little. They take care of the ball. They will put pressure on Utah. Uh, and I, I'm fine with it. I think they can coexist. So there is a, there's a universe where somehow both of us uh, cash a ticket. How nice would that be? I think there is a universe where those could both cash. That'd be lovely. What do you make of the quarterback change for Texas? With Ewers out, Malik Murphy set to start. Texas, as of now, sitting at minus 18 and a half. Uh, Ewers is going to probably be out. It seems like maybe the rest of the year. Uh, it doesn't look good. It definitely doesn't look good. My biggest thought is where is it going to show up in terms of actionable problems? I don't think it's yeah. this week, and I'm not sure it's for a while. So if they can get him back, I'm not sure we'll ever notice that he was out. Uh, I think they'll kind of get in and get out here, probably hover around a three-touchdown number. I don't think this is going to be a big problem for them. It, of course, will be a huge problem if they can't get him back uh, you know, when they need him, impossible rematches or big time games later in the season. That was going to be my question because I, I do have Texas to win the Big 12. I think they can get there at 11 and one and be sitting in a really nice revenge spot against Oklahoma in the game. And I, I if yeah. I am sitting there with that ticket before the game kicks off, I'll be happy. Um, but I, I think it was, I heard, uh, Paul Stone, good college football handicapper, talking on Follow the Money on VEASAN, saying he would handicap this as like minus, I think he said like 140 or 50 range, that Ewers comes back and plays again. But that oh. it's not a, a lock. Like if you get to the end of the season and you're still a little banged up and you have the NFL in front of you, what do you do? Um, uh, my only question is – you know, what is behind him at quarterback? And, you know, if we get to that stage, that means the quarterback's probably playing pretty well getting into that game anyway. I don't know. I'm, I'm very, I don't, again, like you said, Ben, what is the actionable information on this? I don't know yet, but I'm very curious to keep an eye on it. And if, if Texas is a larger underdog without yours in a big 12 title game, but that quarterback is playing well, I'm very interested in taking some extra value on Texas, put it that way. Yeah, I mean, it is Texas. Like, that's one thing. It's yeah. unproven, and we don't know. It's not like they got, you know, made-up people. Uh, they just have elite <laughs> quarterbacks after elite quarterbacks. It's not like some of these schools where if you lose – I mean, honestly, I, I know Utah is a good team, but look at the drop-off from rising uh, to, you know, the, the backups. And, and a team like Texas has the luxury, you know, with Arch and, and the rest of these guys. They have at least highly touted guys. So I'm not saying it wouldn't make a difference, but – I don't think it's a guarantee if he doesn't come back that they can't win that conference. Would you want to see Arch or is that a bad sign? Because that means it doesn't go well with Malik. Yeah, I think that would be a real bad sign for them, to be honest. Uh, 
I do we want to see Manning? I want to see him, but for the sake of your ticket, no. Yeah, for the sake of my Texas ticket, no. Is Texas playable at plus 135, or is that, to your points, got to wait and see what this looks like? I Before you lose value. That's that's the point, right? Because if it goes well... Fine. I think it's fine because Texas would probably still be like a three-point favorite in that game against Oklahoma. So if you want to take it now at that and have a good money line price, it's just, you know, what if... What if the quarterback situation doesn't work out and they lose a game? That's the risk that you're taking. Um, I think I'm okay taking it, but I don't mind if you want to be safe there. Ben, any other college spots you want to discuss? I have a couple I want to throw at you, but anything that is at the top of mind? No, no. Let me, I'd be interested to hear uh, kind of what, what spots caught your eye. Ohio State, Wisconsin. Ohio State off another win of the year kind of game. They beat Notre Dame early in the year. They hold off Penn State. Their defense played at a high level. I think Henderson's going to be back this week in the backfield. And Wisconsin uh, getting two-plus touchdowns, plus 14.5 the line right now at DraftKings. I know most of the money's coming in on the under because of this Ohio State defense. But Wisconsin, while they had to make a huge comeback against Illinois, 18 points in the fourth quarter, I kind of like what I see. Now, I have questions about their defense, the Wisconsin Badgers. But I would actually want to go to the other side and take the over because I think Ohio State could easily get off to a really good start. And Wisconsin, it actually has a pretty capable passing game. I'm with you with the over. Uh, I think that we could see some points here. I'm just not sure what Wisco uh, can do at this point to really cause problems in the game. I think that... Losing Chez, they had that one-two punch at running back, and that Braylon Allen, I, I really like him as a player. It has not been a good year for him whatsoever. I don't know if it's schematics. I don't know what is going on there, but I worry a little bit about just what we see out of that offense. And I do think I, I know Ohio State has not been extremely glamorous, but they have learned the magic formula, which is throw the ball to Marvin Harrison Jr., uh, and they're doing that more and more. I kind of like them in the game if I had to make a pick. And I, I think the over, uh, I'm right with you there. I think we're going to see points. Wisconsin will do their part. I'm just not sure it's going to be enough to make it a close game. Yeah, I think the ideal scenario would be Ohio State takes a commanding lead and then Wisconsin has no choice but to rely on its passing game and to yeah. garner some points to get us there. But I'm curious if it's worth waiting, if the, if the total comes down, if more, more money keeps coming in on under. That's what I keep th- debating. They're, it's definitely taken money. I'm sure at some point there will be resistance or maybe some buyback. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I think if you're if you're looking to back Ohio State, I would not run to the window because you want to see if it can tick to 14. Um, there's right. it's not going to cross 17 or anything. You're not in real danger there. So uh, for me, it's a game I definitely have my eye on, and I think it, the key is what does Wisconsin's offense bring you because they have to do their part uh, to get these there. Mm-hmm. I would. I thought about the fourteen and a half. It was fifteen at one point with Wisconsin, and I ultimately can't do it. I know Ohio State <laughs> just got through the Penn State game. I, I can't trust Wisconsin. Like, yeah. if you ultimately told me this game was thirty-one to three Ohio State, I would say sure. <laughs> so, for that yeah. reason, I can't bet it. That would cash the under tickets. If you told me it was, if you told me it was 
35 to 14, I would believe you. And that would cash an over ticket. So I don't, I just see a lot of scenarios that could go either way in this game. And I, I, it kept me away from it. Jules, unless you have any other games, just a quick second on the, the Heisman race and all of that. The last crazy movement. One, last one I'll quickly talk about is okay. I have to take the plus 10 with NC state at home okay. against Clemson. Um, did it a couple years ago and that was one that they, they won in like overtime or double overtime at home. Um, bad beat on the under it got there obviously in a couple overtimes and went over Clemson gets revenge last year as the home team NC State's not as good as they have been in years past but Clemson I'm just out on Clemson Dabo I'm out on Dabo uh Clade, uh, Cade Klubnik whoever gave him five stars needs to be reevaluated on who's giving the stars um he's not good I just, I, it's hard to like the Clemson team and they lose in overtime to Miami. Now you're on the road again for a game that NC State will be up for. I like NC State's defense. I think they'll find ways to score a little bit. Just double digits at home. I have to take this with NC State. Can't bet Clemson at this point. Clemson is unactionable. So it's NC State or pass. Like, I think that's a given. Uh, I'm not a huge fan, to be honest, of, of this NC State team. I watched them against Marshall in an outrageous game a couple weeks ago. Uh, but I, I think you can just actually back the angle that Clemson is is 100% just done. Done with this season. It's a lost season. They have yeah. nothing left. They're not in Death Valley. You're getting points. Uh, was going to have to think, uh, fix some things. I think it's a good, like you said, this is a game where, like, Second week on the road, you just lost another one. Things are getting away from you. Like they could certainly sleepwalk through this game. So I don't think this is a bad one if you want to sprinkle NC State money line or you got a bonus bet sitting around or a boost NC State money line. Like this could be one that Clemson just no shows. Well, this is this this is like NC State's game of the year, too, right? Like this would be like their way of galvanizing their season. They don't care that Clemson stinks right now. Like they're going to show up. I'm, that's what I'm, NC State's going to show up. I know that. I have no clue if if Clemson's going to show up. Okay. And I would guess no. <laughs> ben, quick thought on the Heisman race because Penix wasn't good. Drake May and UNC lost. Yeah. Bo Nix has been playing very well. Um, and now the the dude at Michigan, which that's a whole we could do a whole podcast on what the hell's going on with Michigan right now. Just because it's Michigan, that's how I feel. It's like the Deflate Gate crap with the Patriots. It's like this wouldn't be a story if this was Eastern Michigan. Uh, you know, <laughs> no, um, they they should be filming opponents. If you see, well, you'll see on Saturday. Uh, it's such a good point, though. They hold up these freaking cardboard signs. It's the same thing. They just don't have mics in the helmets. That's that. That's the trade off. We're going to hold up signs of Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck to relay what the defense is going to do or what. <laughs> They're going to do on offense, whatever it may be. But yeah, quick thought on the Heisman race before we go to the NFL. It's such a fast every. It's a, a game I like hot potato. Nobody wants. It's like up. Oh, this guy's taking control, and then you know, panic sleepwalks through Arizona State. Drake May loses, like you mentioned. I mean, what is that? Uh, I do think that JJ McCarthy is playing really good football, but they don't play. They play two real games, uh, and they yeah. are coming up. Uh, and now there's the, the scandal situation and it's a subjective award. I, I really don't have a great answer. I think Penix is still in the driver's seat if they keep winning. 
he's going to rack up the yards, but it's a, like, again, I'm not knocking the Pac-12. I love the Pac-12, but I do think there's something to people, unless you they get a 330 game, people are like, oh, no, I didn't stay up for the Washington, Washington State 1030 game out in Pullman. Like, nobody is is watching Penix, but unless I'm well, missing someone. Well, when they did, they beat Oregon. Yeah, and that was an yeah. awesome game. That's probably people's one big moment from him. I still think this could be a gift of like showing us, oh, Penix is a huge favorite and then giving us back like three to one. If if they go 12 and 0, people will forget that that he stunk against Arizona State and look at the season as a whole. If they even if they go 11 and one, you know, that could be there. So I, I still think Penix is is the play uh, and we're just being given a good number here. Ben, we're short on time. Give us one NFL spot. You've got circled and we'll let you go. Oh boy, man. The NFL is wild. Uh, I may get myself into trouble here, but I think that the Cowboys of all teams, not a Cowboys fan by any stretch Cowboys, you find around six uh, at home against the Rams. I'm not sure I trust the Rams here. We know the pressure is going to be brought. We know Stafford's uh, not going to be confused with Lamar Jackson out there. Yeah, he's obviously got the weapons, but I still think the Cowboys, we'll see what happens when the big stakes are up for grabs in many, many weeks. But in games like this, I expect them to look pretty good. Uh, I think the pressure will get to them. I think Dak will be good at home. I'll call for the Cowboys to cover this number. Okay, very good. Ben Raz, a director of betting at Stochastic and Odd Shopper. Thanks for stopping by and um, dumpster diving for us on Unreasonable Odds. I really appreciate it. Talk to you guys soon. Western Michigan has been added to my card, by the way. That's right. You said that. Bye, Ben. (laughs) Say it again. Many thanks to Ben Raza, who joined us on the podcast. So let's work to the NFL. He gave out a play on Dallas and the Rams. He likes Dallas to cover inside a touchdown, six and a half. As we said off the top, Jules, the public got slammed in week seven. They went five and eight against the spread. And some of those, really those household names, your, uh, well, the Lions, I think going into week seven were a household name. They got their butts kicked by the Ravens, which I felt Ravens minus three was just a too good of a side because when you're an NFC team, you've never seen anything like Lamar Jackson as far as game planning is concerned. Niners lose outright. The the Eagles got there. The Eagles did covers. They were, they were probably a public side, I think. Or maybe the folks like Miami. I don't know. Uh, Miami and Philly going in. Yeah, no, Johnny said the house made money on Miami. Okay, Miami. very good. So knowing that, we've got six teams, six this week, that are a favorite of a touchdown or more. You've got... Uh, do do do. Sorry, I lost my spot here. There it is. We've got Bills, Dolphins, Chiefs, Ravens, Chargers, Lions, all by a touchdown or more. Chiefs on the road at Denver, Ravens at Arizona. Um, take us wherever you'd like, Jules. What's your thought process going into week eight? Probably no bets on the big favorites. Everybody's saying it's a good teaser week. I don't know. But if Miami... Everything feels like a good teaser week, and then that blows up in our face. If Miami were to get to eight and a half... I would tease Miami and Baltimore down through all the key numbers, eight, seven, six, three. I I would do that. We'll see if we get that. Two spots for me in the NFL. They're weird ones, but you got to get weird at this point in the season. 
Jets haven't been bad lately, and they're coming off the bye. Giants shorthanded. They just get the big win against Washington. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, this Jets listed as the road team, but they're in their home stadium. Um, right. They'll, they'll be very comfortable. So It's Jets, still Tyrod Taylor, a quarterback, right? Should be. Um, okay. But uh, Jets, I laid two and a half. It's three, uh, but close to even money on DK. You can do the two, uh, lay two and a half at minus 120. I'm fine with that for NFL. I, I would bet that. And then, so the Panthers are coming off the bye. And yeah, right, I'm actually interested in this because I think everyone loves the Texans and they yeah, love CJ Stroud exactly. and they're off the bye too. Both teams off the bye. Texans are getting popular. They're growing road favorites from three to three and a half. Panthers are also off the bye, and they have, uh, you know, um, Frank Reich has relinquished play calling duties. He's been calling plays slow. Uh, they haven't liked the calls. So I'm, I would take Panthers plus three and a half, but the way that I bet it, the team total came down to 19 and a half on DK Sportsbook. I would, and I'll get a little cute here because it's, it's juiced a little. Panthers team total over 19 and a half, same game parlay it, just add in a bright Bryce Young to throw a passing touchdown, one or more passing touchdowns, and you'll get to plus money. So if they're going to get there, if they're going to score 20 points, I, I think Bryce Young's going to throw a touchdown. I think the play calling is going to look better. So Panthers to score 20 plus, Bryce Young to have a passing touchdown, get yourself some plus money on that. Okay. And that actually works out for you if they're in a trailing game script. That's a way without laying three. Well, I, you're, you can take three and a half now with the Panthers. Panthers plus three and a half at home. but Right, but I'm saying that what you just laid out could also work out if they're trailing and they don't yep. cover either. Yeah. I just think it's a safer overall play. Uh, I like the over in that game for 43 okay. points still, right? 43 and a half, 43 and a half. Yeah. I like the over in this game too, because you mentioned the play calling on that end. I think Stroud and how they've put that together there. He's just getting more and more comfortable. They're getting healthier. Um, d- despite a depleted offensive line, he's still found a way to piece it together. You can actually bet Texans-Panthers to be the highest scoring game this week in the league, and it's you get pretty good odds. You're getting at least 10 to 1. Um, that's, that's, a sneaky, that's a sneaky high scoring game, I think. So I, I kind of like over. Um, you mentioned the Patriots and the Dolphins. <laughs> like We're a Boston-based company, and I feel like everyone's on the Patriots now. And without even, but what about Tyree Kill being out? So you mentioned the Dolphins in a teaser leg. Well, Tyree Kill t- kills this team, and if he's out, he's to his binky. That that has to change some thinking, though. And it gives the Patriots a sniff to hang around, right? Maybe. Yeah, it certainly helps. Um, we'll see how Waddle can fill in. I'd be interested in Waddle props, uh, but. I don't, again, I'm not going to lay it with the Dolphins. This is only a teaser leg. If I can get two and a half, I, I would be okay with it with Miami. Okay. Let's hit on the new NFL before we do best bets. What Say it again. You got anything NFL before we do best bets besides? Well, I have an NFL play as a best bet. That's why I was going to hold okay. off on it. Right, I just then. last quick thought on, on the, the, the slate. Darnold starting for San Francisco. Line moves from five and a half to three and a half. I think Samir's got something on this game, so we won't give too much away as far as that's concerned. But oh, wow, what do you so make of the what do you what do you make of the line movement? San Fran's dropped two straight, and you're getting the Bengals off a bye. 
Um, I'll put it this way. I disagree with how much the line has moved going from Purdy to Darnold. I don't think that's going to be that much of a downgrade. But like I said off the top, I'm not betting the Niners here because the Bengals are, you know, picking up steam. They're off the bye. Mm. I, they're a good team with ground to make up. Good time for Burrow to start getting healthier with that bye. So I, I'm going to avoid this game altogether. But in a vacuum, if San Francisco was in a spot I liked this week and the number got shorter going from Purdy to Darnold, I would bet it. Okay. Yeah, the uh, T. Higgins, I think, is uh, is T. Higgins playing in this game? No injury designations. He's playing. Yeah. Okay, that's that's good to know. So T. Higgins is playing. He was banged up in the Seattle game. Uh, with the Bengals, yeah, they're off the bye. I think they're going to put it more together. Burrow another week to kind of get healed up. Um, they, they've got to get something else going in the passing game other than Jamar Chase. And I think their defense... While it got really sketchy there down the stretch, if you bet the Bengals minus three or three and a half against Seattle, their defense does come up with timely plays. Um, to me, they've been consistent in, in big moments. Um, so, yeah, I think it's Bengals or pass uh, for me with the uh, with the three and a half. But a lot of people predicted this, that Sam Darnold could very well be in the mix to bring the Niners uh, to the promised land. And remember, at this point, not at this point last year, but last season at the end, there was rumors of Phillip Rivers coming in to play quarterback um, because of their quarterback debacle. And if, again, you can't, you have to factor in Debo's out. McCaffrey played hurt in that Minnesota game. It is a short week. See, hearing the Niners though, lose three straight games, seeing how they rolled early is kind of hard to wrap your head around. Um, okay. Let's go to best bets. You can go first because you're just going to reiterate two college spots that you had circled and you'd mentioned earlier in the show. Yep, let's keep it going. We're doing two a week. Uh, gone 2-0 and oh, three weeks in a row. Let's try and do it again. I have under you've 50. Actually, you've actually gone 2-0 and oh, four straight weeks. Oh, all right. Sorry. So let's you're get the to, man. We know that. Let's get to double digits. Let's make it 10. Um... Uh, the under in Utah, I, I bet it at 51 and a half. It's down at 47 and a half. Johnny expects it to go up. So let's do this for the fairness of the podcast and what number to use. Let's just use the closing number. I'll play under the closing number of this game. I'll say wait um, and bet it higher if you're if you're listening. Uh, laid that out earlier in the segment with Rasa, so you can go back and listen to that if you missed it. NC State plus 10. Home dog against Clemson. Clemson's dead. They're on the road again. They got nothing to play for. Huge game for NC State. I like their defense. I think they're going to hang around here and have a shot to win. So those are my two spots uh, in college, two best bets. Okay. I think you'd want to bet, if you're listening, bet NC State sooner rather than later because that number's coming down. Uh, it's at 9.5 now at DraftKings. Okay. I'll give you two. Talk through, talk through this with Ben. Raza, who joined us earlier, I am going to go with Ohio State and Wisconsin over 45 and a half points. I might wait on this, hoping that as that public money pours in on the under to get a better number to take the over. I feel encouraged about Ohio State getting healthier. I know they're coming off a really big win, but offensively they can break through, scored 41 at Purdue. They're going to Wisconsin. And I think Wisco, well, they've got a banged up uh running game and that's kind of their bread and butter uh they proved to me in the illinois game i know it's illinois not ohio state they can create a formidable passing game as jules laid out could it be 31 3 
Very well could be. I have faith that Wisconsin in a home spot, um, their big game of the year, that they can put it together in the passing game and in the NFL. It's trendy. It's public. Pittsburgh, plus two and a half. Every trend points to the Steelers. Tomlin as a home dog, 18-5-3 against teams at home. That have a winning their opponent that has a winning percentage north of sixty. That is Jacksonville, Tomlin and the Steelers fourteen three and one against the spread. Tomlin against a team at home that is on a four game winning streak or better eight and three against the number. And I know Jacksonville has been better or Trevor Lawrence has been better without Urban Meyer and whatever other clown show coach. But Trevor Lawrence is four and seven against the spread as a favorite. Jacksonville is not Jacksonville can still win the game. I'm going to take Pittsburgh in the points. Jacksonville gets a bit humbled this week. Mike Tomlin and the Steelers plus two and a half. Samir, you were off last week. You're riding a winning streak too. I've lost two straight, so I got to get my act together. You did the smart thing by going to Europe and passing on the week, and you've got three, three best bets for this week. What do you got? I need to make it up, so we're going to try and do that. Also up against the here, so I'm going to talk a little quickly to get through each one of these. First, I got Cincy on the money line. <clears throat> the last two seasons coming off the bye, they have played road games and smashed both of those. So I like Cincy on the road at San Fran. They need to figure some stuff out. They're not healthy. Cincy going the other way, getting more healthy. That's a great spot. Second one, this one causes me pain. I think Notre Dame's absolutely going to stomp Pittsburgh this weekend. <laughs> it's... A classic spot. Notre Dame's hit the over of this number, which is at 44.5 right now, in every game but two this season. Uh, I don't anticipate Pitt being able to stop that, so I'm over uh, that point total. Then I'll give out an NBA play tonight. My favorite thing to bet in the NBA. I'm going to reference it Thursday. Thursday. You're listening early. Thursday opener for uh, the Bucks and the Sixers. I like Joel Embiid points, rebounds, assists over at 43 and a half. Um, It's my favorite prop to play in the NBA. And with no James Harden, uh, Embiid averages about two more assists per game. Um, And points and rebounds from his stats last year, he should get it alone. But with the two added assists, seems like a lock spot for me. Oh, he used the word lock on Joel Embiid, who we have not seen yet, right? He didn't play in the preseason. He's rumored to want to go to the Knicks. That's been out there. The scuttlebutt from uh, Chris Broussard of Fox saying that Embiid to the Knicks, possibly. All right. Awesome. Three plays from Samir. NFL, college, and NBA. Jules on two college games. Very very aggressive. Like, guy went to Europe, and now he's like, let's go. Let's bet. Bet, bet, bet. Uh, And I like, uh, again, the over in Wisco, Ohio State, Pittsburgh Steelers, plus two and a half. That's it for this week's episode of Unreasonable Odds presented by DraftKings. For Samir and Julian, Brendan Glasheen, we'll talk to you again next week. Odds and lines are subject to change. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER.